Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris. Coming to you from our world-famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. The beef is grown and raised and processed the way nature intended. That's PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. It's almost Turkey Day, and it's a holiday. So that means two things. One, you can overeat because my uh, the buttons on my jeans are now practicing social distancing. So... Um, we can we can we're going to take that a step further with her with our good friend and ally uh meathead from amazingribs.com welcome oh that's funny you know you talk about overeating and stuff but before we start talking about cooking and recipes can i philosophize for sure just a minute here? sure there is something truly special about thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday because I'm a food guy, sure, it's the only holiday in the year that is based on food. I mean, Christmas dinner, yeah, but it's something else that we're celebrating. The 4th of July, yeah, there's a lot of food on hand, but it's something else that we're celebrating. But Thanksgiving, we're celebrating the harvest. We're celebrating the bounty of the earth. Um, we're, we're in, and, and we all sit down to a dinner. We enjoy the dinner. And what's amazing about it is, is many of us are eating the same meal all across the country, no matter how divided we are politically, um, religiously, racially, gender, whatever our um, divisions are, we sit down to turkey and sweet potatoes and green beans and cranberries and pie. And I mean, that's just remarkable that we're all united. We're sharing the same meal. Now, not everybody does sweet potatoes. Some people do mashed potatoes. Right. Some people don't even do turkey. They do lasagna or something. But so many of us are, and we're just doing this dinner together. So even though this year we're told not to have a big crowd over, we're celebrating it with 200 million people across the country mm -hmm. as if they were all together. I think that's special. <clears throat> you know, if you kind of think about it, <clears throat> excuse me, if you kind of think about it, regardless of what you have for Thanksgiving as an individual, whether you eat the turkey or you eat ham or you, you know, but like you said, you've got green beans and you've got uh, rolls and different things like that. You probably in your dinner, no matter what, you set on your menu have something that was on the original Thanksgiving feast. If you think about Ooh, it, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go back to the pilgrims day. Sure. Yeah. Um, they, 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 I don't know what they had. I, I think that some of that is recorded. So I, I suppose if I was a good culinary historian, I could, 
I could dredge that up. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had sweet potatoes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had turkey. Um, cranberries up in New England, I have poss- strong possibility for that. Yep. Um, well, they probably had corn, too, and some people, you know, mm-hmm, use a mm-hmm. corn cornmeal stuffing or something like that. You know, I right, mean, corn. Yeah, fresh corn probably wasn't available, but um, uh, cornmeal certainly was. Right. And that cornmeal was – and um, corn cornbread stuffing, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing I – you might not have as if, uh, you know, you went to Chipotle or something, but then you've got other issues. So, you know, you've got to deal with that. So, so what kind of stuffing do you make? I make a stuffing that um, a, a couple different kinds, actually, uh, depending on the the how many people in mass are going to be not in masks. In E N M A S S, you know, um, I yeah. Um, but normally I do kind of a traditional st- stuffing with uh, some, you know, dried um, bread or breadcrumbs type thing, and I mm-hmm. and I do and I do put uh, coarse onions in it. I do put some uh, giblets mm-hmm. in it, like that. I add mushrooms and water chestnuts and celery in it. Ooh. Um, Ooh. You know, and I bake it separately. Separately, I gave up years ago stuffing the bird because it just it doesn't work out very well for me. And it's not, and after after years of doing this, you kind of learn, you know, what's safe and what's not, and all that. And so, I prefer to cook it separately. I actually put it in a big roasting pan and cook it. Mm-hmm. I cook it in our utility room because um, I've got a couple of those big electric roasters and I'll make my stuffing in that. And I, I keep it moist with some stock. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll take a big, uh, oh, Pyrex, one of those big mixing glass mixing bowls, and um, I'll pull off a lot of the drippings out of the pan of when I'm cooking the birds, cause we always cook mm-hmm. pretty, pretty big birds. And so I'll have some extra. So I'll put that on the, on the stuffing and the roasting pan mm-hmm. and stuff, That's smart, you know, and, and do those types of things. And, um, you know, pretty traditional. I've made oyster stuffing before I've made other types of seafood stuffing really? because I've heard of that. I've never tried it. Yeah. It's basically it this weird. It's basically the same thing, but you know, a lot I mean, of I love oysters. Yeah. But a lot of people don't care for the oysters are very strong. They've got a very strong flavor. And so when you put it in the when you put it in the stuffing, the stuffing mix, a lot of the juice and the flavor from the oysters, you know, permeates through the bread. And some people don't care for that. So Yeah, I can understand why, especially mixed with turkey. Yeah. All right, I hear another question for you. Okay. Is this a meathead show today? Plates in front of you. (laughs) One with turkey meat and one with stuffing, but you can only eat one. Uh, can I have some gravy? <laughs> Which are you taking, the stuffing or the uh, the turkey? Stuffing. Yeah, you can have gravy. Stuffing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I mean, I like turkey, and I know how to get it right. I do it. I I I, I give it some smoke. Yep. I got a really great uh, rub uh, mix that I put on it. I know how to cook it so it's not dry. But I'll tell you, I don't know why we don't do stuffing more often. Um, we, we do a similar one. We do, you know, uh, my wife leans towards sage as a, uh, as a, as a flavoring, but it's, it's, you know, dried bread. And, uh, I think occasionally she'll throw some raisins or crane raisins in there, Mm -hmm. uh, give it a little kick of sweetness, but I like to do muffins. Oh yeah. 
I take the stuffing and I'll get a muffin pan, uh, butter it up really good. And you, you throw an egg or two into the stuffing to help it hold together a right. better. And I've got the recipe for this on our website, amazingribs.com. And I make muffins out of the stuffing. And everybody gets a muffin. And it's so cool because everybody gets a big crispy dome, and it's crispy on the sides, tender and moist in the center. And, and you know everybody loves the crispy part. Oh, fact, yeah. If you stuff the bird and you turn your back, People are going to come by and they're just like picking on that, 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 that crusty bit. That part that um, poofs out. Yeah, they're going to grab that. <laughs> and I, I got to talk briefly, if you'll let me, sure. about st- why you don't want to stuff a bird. There's a couple of really good reasons. Now, I know it's traditional. It's the way Norman Rockwell did it, and you've always done it this way. Granny always did it. But you can. it will really improve the quality of the turkey. And the stuffing, if you don't do it. People think that if it's in the bird, it's going to absorb flavor from the bird, but it can't. It doesn't. Um, the flavor in the bird is in the juices. Um, the juices, and birds are 75% water, so there's a lot of juice in there. Um, but it can't come out of the muscle and into the stuffing. Right. It's trapped inside the muscle. Now, some of it does get squeezed out as you heat. Um, meat, um, the fiber shrink, and it does squeeze out some moisture, and that's why meat shrinks during the cooking process. Uh, some of it evaporates, some of it drips off, but if you don't stuff the bird and you cook the turkey throughout, there's only about three or four tablespoons of juices in the cavity. So three or four tablespoons is not going to have a significant impact on the flavor of the stuffing. Right. What's going to happen, though, is you've now made this giant thermal mass. It's, it's like a bowling ball. Now think about the way um, this turkey cooks. You put a turkey in the oven or on your smoker or whatever, the hot air cooks the outside of the bird. But the hot air cannot penetrate through the, the meat. There's no you know air holes or anything right. to go in. So what happens is the hot air cooks the outside of the meat, and the energy is stored up in the outside of the meat, and it works its way towards the center. So the hot air cooks the outside of the meat. The outside of the meat cooks the inside of the meat. Mm-hmm. And the, air, the, the, the temperature works its way towards the center. Now, if you've got the center filled with stuffing, it's got a longer distance to travel. It's going to take much longer. And in the process of that elongated time, the outside of the meat is getting overcooked badly and it's drying out. Now you will get really crispy skin, but you won't have um, a tender, juicy breast meat. Right. Now, if you take that stuffing out, now the cavity is open. Warm air can enter the center of the meat, and it can start working its way towards the center of the uh, breast. And so the hot air from the outside of the breast, the hot air from the inside of the cavity, um, heat each other, and they work its way towards the center. You cut your cooking time down a lot, and when you cut cooking time down, you retain moisture. And that's the curse of the turkey breast, is it dries out so quickly. It turns the it turns to leather, it turns to cardboard so quickly. So you want to make sure that you use a digital thermometer. You can't trust the pop-up. And the pop-up is set for like 170, 175. Your target temperature is 160. 
and you want to use that digital thermometer and try to get it off of there at 160, no higher. It's safe there, and it's still a little juicy. Um, and, 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 and don't put the stuffing in there. It'll be a lot better. Do what um, that JT does and, and put it in a pan in the oven or do what I do and make muffins, or this year I'm going to try something different. Yep, we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. I've been saving that. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Networks, and we'll be right back with Meathead after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today we are talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Real quickly, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I think we're 17 platforms now. Um, if you... <laughs> God, yeah, I cannot keep up with all these social media. Things. No, man, it's. I mean, we, you know, and I try to go out there and answer people's questions, and uh, uh, you know, and, and 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 engage people, but I just can't do it. Uh, it's just. Well, it's a full time job. It's a full time job, really. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to do that, well, that's why people hire um, social media experts. From my point of view, it, it you know. People want to talk to me, and I, you know, I want to talk to them. I want to help them out. Sure. By the way, speaking of that, I am uh, always on standby on Thanksgiving Day uh, till usually three, four o'clock. Um, all through, while I'm cooking my turkey, running back and forth, but I'm on the computer. If you've got questions, come to AmazingRibs.com, post your questions there, and I'll do my best to help you out. Yep. 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 I got my own little AmazingRibs.com turkey line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, my wife and I are headed up to the Washington coast for Thanksgiving to see her stepmom. And finally, some friends of ours that always come over had originally said that they were going to go up to their kids home and see the grandkids and stuff for Thanksgiving. That's fine. So when they said that, because normally they come to our house, I said, great. I looked at Shelly and I said, uh, they're not coming and Shelly said, well, we can always go up the coast and see Grandma Pat. And I said, sold. And I called the guy for the rental house, called him, booked it right then, done. Then they called back about a week later and said, well, you know, our plans have changed and this and that. I said, no, we're still going to the coast. So there's going to be three of us, small bird, but I am taking three giant turkey legs with me in the cooler. And uh, and uh, a package of of giblets. Anyway, <laughs> hey, speaking of turkey legs, yes. If you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, um, the most popular food in the whole park are these giant tom turkey legs that, yep. that are smoked. But they're also cured, and that's the difference. They have like a ham flavor almost, mm -hmm. and you just see people tromping around with these. Uh, brontosaurus <laughs> turkey legs. You expect Fred, uh, in their, in their Fred Flintstone to show and they're up. Wonderful. Yeah, and they're wonderful. I have reverse engineered them. Okay. Um, and if you just Google 
Disney turkey legs recipe. I'm sure you'll come to my recipe on AmazingRibs.com. Probably the first one because it works like a charm. But you got to start a couple of days early if you want to do it. Um, but you can replicate those Disney turkey legs exactly if you follow my recipe. I'm a big dark meat fan. I will eat white meat. I have no problem with that, but I'm a big dark meat fan. Mm -hmm. And when you asked me in the previous segment about if you had a plate of turkey and a plate of stuffing, and that's when I asked you if I could have the gravy, (laughs) white meat to me, you know, requires a good ladle, ladle and a half of gravy for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, do that. When you were talking about stuffing the bird and all that, if you look, and this is the way... uh, uh, I look at it too, and I want your comments on this. If you look at the structure of the bird, if you look inside the cavity, you have got a lot of bone and gristle mm-hmm. and cartilage, and mm-hmm. and you've got that, for lack of a better term, abdominal wall in there. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons the juices can't get in there, because it's physiolog- physiologically not really possible no. for them well, to get in there part of the interior there are our rib bones right and um, those rib bones are held together by a membrane called the pleura mm-hmm. same thing as we have the you know you, people who have problems with that membrane it's called pleurisy um, and the pleura um, holds the rib bones together and uh, and 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 uh, uh, wraps around the internal organs and so the, the liquid's just not getting through. It's right. not, it, 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 there, there's just no, it, it's not going to flavor the meat anyway. Right. Um, and, and as I hope I explained uh, clearly, it does slow the cooking of the meat down and almost guarantees that you're going to have dry breast meat. Give second thought to it. Now, what I've seen people do, which is kind of cool, is they'll cook the bird and they'll cook the uh, stuffing separate. And then they'll cram the stuffing in the cooked yeah. bird for presentation. Um, that's not a bad idea. No. Um, but I, I like the idea of cooking it on the side, and I like the idea of making stuffing muffins. They're kind of cool, and there's lots of crispy surfaces. Now, and, uh, Somewhere along the line, you're going to let me talk about my new idea. Knock okay. it out of the park. Muffin waffles. Ooh, I like that. That's it. I made it under the time limit. <laughs> 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 not, not muffing, stuffing waffles. Stuffing, stuffing waffles. waffles. I'm sorry. Stuffing okay. muffin waffles. You take your stuffing and put it in a waffle iron. Wow. <laughs> so have you tried it this? It sure looks goofy, but oh my, now you're talking about crispy surfaces. Yeah, I love, uh, I mean, I love that. I, I love stuff that goes crunch, and I know you do too. Me too. And you put a little gravy on that, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, hell with the turkey. <laughs> when we come back after your break, I want to talk about my gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to talk gravy because that's really one of the toughest things for people mm-hmm. to make, especially if they're going to make it from scratch. Because yeah, and we, we, I don't want wheat paste, please. No, no. I have a friend <clears throat> and he doesn't listen to the show, so I can say this. Um, <laughs> no friend. then. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to my golf show. But anyway, he uh, he he makes plum gravy. 
Now, somewhere along the line with Tiny Tim and and Charles Dickens and all that stuff, he came up with this plum gravy. And I have never tasted it, but his mother-in-law told me one day that he makes this big kind of vat of plum gravy. And, of course, they make standard turkey gravy. At the end of the meal, the turkey gravy um, boat is empty and the plum gravy is still full. So, uh, <laughs> well, it's it's going to be purple. Yeah. And who wants to pour purple on the turkey? <laughs> well, I mean, wait, we put cranberries on the turkey. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if I, I'd be willing to give it a try. Well, I'd give it a shot to taste it. I'm not sure that. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, turkey is such a, white, a blank white canvas. It's like. Oyster stuffing. Yeah. I mean, cornbread stuffing with andouille sausage. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All um, that stuff. Uh, I mean, all of all of those things. Uh, yeah. It worked great. Um, I mean, we are going to hop out to break here, but one thing you said it would be purple. One of the things we're going to talk about later in the show or probably after hours is Powerade-basted turkey. That turkey was blue when I saw the picture of it. Um, we're going to take a break with Meathead here on uh, Barbecue Nation. We'll be right back. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Radio Network. Um, just because it's Thanksgiving and I couldn't find any songs that that uh, were appropriate. So we're hearing Little Feet Dixie Chicken there. I thought Meathead would like that. Um, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also uh, David Malik and all the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. We appreciate their help with the show. And uh, I've been using Gunter Wilhelm. I think Meathead has too now for a while. I do. I do. I they, First of all, they work so well. They're great knives. Yeah. Um, they're really well built. But second of all, they're Got that gorgeous. The handles are just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And they're full tang. Actually, it's what he calls, I think, a triple tang. There's like a T shape inside the mm -hmm. handle. Mm -hmm. I adore them. Um, and in fact, speaking of turkey, he makes the best poultry shears I've ever had. And I have struggled with poultry shears because if you're going to spatchcock a turkey, if you're going to lay it out flat, and this is a really great technique. You, 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 you cut the backbone out. You run these poultry shears on either side of the backbone, and you remove the backbone, and that goes in with the uh, stock. Right. And you, uh, but then you can open up the bird and lay it flat. Now, we talked about don't put stuffing in there so warm air can go in there, but there's, it's still cooler on the inside of the bird than it is on the outside of the bird. Mm -hmm. So it's not really hot air in there. But if you open it up flat, you can lay it down and you can brown both sides of the bird and the interior and the exterior and brown is flavor. It's a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction. And that's why, you know, you love the crusty skin and, 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 and the crust on a steak. So brown is beautiful. And when you do that, you make the meat thinner essentially 
and it really speeds cooking at almost half the time of doing it in the Norman Rockwell fashion as a whole bird. And it still is a whole bird, except it's just been, it's laying out flat, it's butterfly. And if your family insists on seeing a big old whole Norman Rockwell turkey, you can actually bend it back into shape and put it on a platter. And if you have to, cram it full of stuffing, <laughs> and away you go. There you but go. You'll have a much more tender, juicy bird if you uh, open it up. Oh, absolutely. Now, we were talking off air. One of the things I think people have real trouble with, um, and even if they've cooked a lot, it doesn't matter, but making really good turkey gravy for Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. especially if you're making it from scratch, not the uh, mm -hmm. not the McCormick packages where you take four of them and put it in a pot of water and, you know, add a little stock or something. But I mean, really making it from scratch, because to me, honestly, that's one of the best parts of Thanksgiving is that gravy to me. I'm a hog, well, so I admit it. I'm a bit of a heretic when it comes to gravy. Um, I don't use flour or cornstarch or thickeners. Mm -hmm. um, I make a thin gravy that actually penetrates the meat. When you put those starches in there, it makes a thick uh, gravy that sits on top of the meat and really doesn't penetrate. Um, starch is some of the biggest molecules in, uh, sure. in the culinary world. So they can't penetrate the meat. Now, it's okay because it adds moisture. And when you eat it, it mixes in your mouth. But um, what I do is, and, and this is important, if you have a, one of those roasting pans with a V-rack, right. take that V-rack out and don't use it. What happens is, is the bird, uh, the bottom one-third of the bird is down inside of a pan, and those metal walls block the heat. Also, you have to put water down in there to keep the uh, drippings from burning. So now you've got water down in the bottom of the pan, and, and that's 212 degrees. But the outside of the bird is at 300, 350, whatever you'd like to cook it at. I prefer 325. Yep. Um, uh, I want it as low as possible, but I still want to get enough heat to render the fat under the skin and make the skin crispy. And for me, that's 325. So if you've got the outside cooking at 325, the top third, the top two thirds is at 325. The bottom two third, the bottom third is at 212. So there's a hundred degree difference between the top half and the bottom half. And when you're done, you lift the bird out and the bottom half is all tan and soft and soggy and the skin isn't crisp. Right. Now you can flip the bird over midway through cooking, but when you do that, the metal rack puts marks on the, um, on the skin and the breast meat, and it just doesn't look as pretty. Now, uh, let me put right to sleep that myth that cooking the bird upside down makes the, the breast moister. It does not. It cannot. It's physically impossible. This is not uh, uh, disputed. It's meat science. There are no interstate highways in the turkey <laughs> that allow the juices to run from one end to the other. All the moisture is trapped inside the uh, muscle fibers and in between the muscle fibers, and they are not moving. <clears throat> They're not going anywhere. So you turn the bird upside down, all you're going to do is put wire marks on the uh, on the breast meat. It's the uh, same back-ass theory as beer can chicken. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that bird, you do want a drip pan underneath to catch the drippings. So you put the bird 
on a rack on top of the drip pan. Now, this is one of the things you can do on a grill that really works great because the bird sits on the grill grate and you put your drip pan underneath the grill grate. Now, warm air can circulate all around the bird, underneath, top, bottom, left, right, all sides, and you're going to get beautiful brown, golden turkey on all sides. Now, what I do is, is I take that drip pan and I throw some carrots, some celery, some apples, some onions, uh, a, 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 a handful of herbs and spices, mm -hmm. and maybe a bottle of white wine. Now you're talking. Um, and, uh, and any of the juices that come out of the bag, um, I take the tips of the wings off. I take the backbone, which I cut out to make my spatchcock. I take the neck and all the giblets except the liver. Don't put the liver in there. Right. That goes aside into a separate Ziploc bag, and when you got enough livers, you make a pate or something out of it. Um, but everything goes into this drip pan, <clears throat> and there's a lot of liquid in there from the wine, or you can pour some um, uh, chicken stock or something in if you wish. <clears throat> but when it cooks, you get the drippings, and if you're doing it on a grill or a smoker, you're going to get smoke flavor down into that. Just before the bird is done, remember we said 160, when the bird hits around 150 or so, I take that pan out, bring it inside, and strain it, get all the solids out of the way, throw them away, they've given up everything that they can give up, and taste it. And usually it needs to be reduced just a little bit. So I put in a pan on the stovetop, cook it down a little bit, and I'm done. Maybe add a little salt. Yeah. Don't, do, don't put any salt in that pan, because if the liquid reduces you can end up with something too salty. So save the salt for the very end. And um, uh, that that liquid is a turkey stock. And you get a bunch of it. I can get more than a quart out of every turkey. And you're not going to use more than a pint on the meat, which leaves you with three quarters of a quart of really great turkey stock which I drink by the cupful, you know, I pop it in the microwave and heat it up the next day. Yeah. And it is just delicious. Yeah, oh. no, it is, it is great. So let's, <laughs> let's step back a second. Well, something we didn't talk about is um, your turkey is thawed um, or you bought a fresh one. It's been kind of, you know, rinsed off a bit and cleaned out and the myoglobin dumped out and blah, 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 blah. Okay. How do you season your turkey? Do you just little salt and pepper? Do you not season it? What do you do? I do season it. I, um, I have a rub recipe that's on amazingribs.com. Um, that's, uh, uh, we call it Scarborough fair, uh, named after the Simon and Garfunkel, uh, tune, uh, sure. Uh, parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, and a few other goodies. There's some garlic and and so on. And um, I, I, it's a really it, basically it's a poultry seasoning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I use it on chicken and turkey. <clears throat> and it's just really nice. I like herbs on chicken and turkey rather than heavy spices. But um, uh, you know, and 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 I have been known to work my hand under the skin. We're gardeners. My wife is a gardener. I shouldn't say we're gardeners. <laughs> and she has she has um, sage in the garden. So I'll sometimes take sage leaves and work them under the skin. Um, don't throw herbs into the cavity. We've talked about the cavity. Don't block up the airflow in the cavity. 
herbs are not going to make the flavor any different. They, 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 they put out some aroma. It's not going to penetrate very far. I know people put onions in there. They put orange peels in there. It just isn't going to work the way you think it does. Um, let the hot air get in there. It's more important if you're cooking at home. Yeah. Otherwise, spatchcock it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, how about you? Do you season it and flavor it? A little bit. I don't do the the fruit. I, I will do a little salt and pepper on it. Um and uh, I do rub a little bit in under the parson snout, as Graham used to call it. That's the tail. That's the tail. You know, that's referring to our friend uh, Graham Kerr, the galloping gourmet. I always remember. I know that. who you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the parson snout, or the uh, he used to do that on television when he was cooking a chicken. He'd always lift it up and make a joke about it, and that stuck in my brain for fifty years. Okay, so, I've always called it the post nose. I the, don't know where that came from the, either. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing, but yeah, I'll, I'll you want to hear you, you want to hear another one of my favorite tricks? Uh, yeah, we got fifty seconds, so I'll give you a minute. Uh, both turkey and chicken. I cut the pope's nose off and grill it up separate, and nobody but me sees it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a rascal. It's, it's it. That's about fifty percent fat. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. it's just fantastic. It's got it's a lot of skin. It's got fat. It's got a little bit of meat in there. You can get your seasonings on it, and I just take it right off. And throw it on the grill, get it crispy, and down the hatch. And there's a little bit of bone in there, but it's tender enough you can chew the bone. Nobody ever sees it. Nobody notices it's missing. It's mine. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> we are going to take a break uh, here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back uh, with Meathead um, here on the Sun Radio Networks. And we're not going to get to it in the whole show, but I'm going to get to a couple of these weird Thanksgiving foods, and then you're going to have to check out the after hours. Because we're going to have a lot of fun with this, I guarantee it. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, and we've got Meathead, our good buddy from AmazingRibs.com, is joining us today. Um, don't forget, we've got Hour 2 coming up in a few minutes, and we've got Mark uh, Graham from Gorilla Grills. He's going to be talking about Gorilla Grills on that. And uh, I've got a couple Gorilla Grills, Gorilla Grills now. <laughs> Say that yeah, three you've times. you got to be careful what you're saying yeah, there. You yeah. know? <laughs> Slip of the tongue and all of a sudden you're censored. Boom, boom, boom. Um, we did... Gorilla Grills are good stuff, by the way. Yeah, they are. Um, uh, I mean, I'm sure he's going to tell you that, but uh, I'll tell you as an unbiased third party, anybody who's looking for uh, some good cooking equipment. Uh, they're uh, pellet smokers and uh, are really good. Yep. Um, we gave them uh, very high rankings. We we have a guy on our team who who does nothing but taste gr uh, test grills and smokers full time, and they got our top marks. And well, you you've had him on, Max. Good. He's going to be uh, on in a couple weeks talking about Christmas great. gifts, great, um, barbecue great. Christmas gifts. Yeah. Um. Gravy. We I, wanted to, I wanted to jump back to the, yeah. um, the gravy, if I can. Sure. Um, you know, I talked about, so I make this turkey stock, which is absolutely golden. You, you, you need to try this indoors or outdoors. 
put that drip pan in there, throw all the stuff. If you can't remember what I said, go to AmazingRibs.com. It works the same indoors as outdoors. The bird is above the pan. You collect all this stuff. You make this great thin gravy, which you pour over the meat, and it soaks into it and gives it a great flavor. And then you drink the rest of the next day. But if you have to make traditional gravy, you can make it with this stuff as the base. Now you've got a really strong, flavorful base. So what you do is, is you make a roux and you get a uh, saucepan. And the classic roux recipe is equal amounts of butter and flour. Right. And you just melt the butter, add the flour, stand there and watch it and stir um, until it's golden. Now in New Orleans, sometimes they take it to brown, but uh, for a turkey gravy, you don't need to do that. Just stir it until it's golden and that gets all the tasty flavor out of the flour and then you can pour slowly the um the, the gravy you made in the drip pan into that roux stirring um steadily until it's the right thickness that you like and you're done yep. um there you go yep yep and um that's um i always remember growing up my mom always had this big oh well i'm sure it was stainless steel at the time <clears throat> pot and that's where the the drippings would go, and she made a roux. And my aunt would, I I had this one aunt that couldn't cook worth a damn, but the, all the ants wanted to gather in the kitchen. So they gave my aunt Nellie a wooden spoon. They they made the roux. They put the drippings in, and her job was to stand there for like thirty minutes, just constantly stirring <laughs> this gravy. So that was the tough part there. That was the tough part. Um, and by, by the way, if you re want it to be really turkeyish, instead of using butter, um, you can skim the fat from the dripping pan because mm -hmm. they will be fat. Um, uh, and by the way, I forgot to say when you when you um, uh, trim the bird, all the f all the skin from around the front cavity and the rear cavity that's just loose and flapping around that goes in the drip pan too. Um, but uh, so there's fat in there. You can skim the fat, and instead of using butter, you use uh, turkey fat. Yep. Yep. It, it works. I've done it both ways, always. And it, mm -hmm. it works really good. And Or a blend of butter and turkey fat. And remember, folks, you're the best tip you got this weekend. If you got somebody that's insistent on helping you cook, let them stir the gravy. They'll stay out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> or, or do what they do to me. Send them out back to tend the grill. Yep. <laughs> you know what? You know, Go ahead. One of the reasons I like to grill is, 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 of course, the flavor is really great. Turkey and smoke get along beautifully, like peanut butter and jelly. But it leaves more room in the oven for pie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to have pie. You got to have pie. Speaking of pies, now I'll give you our pie menu. We always have a traditional pumpkin pie. I mean, that's kind of a half-to mm -hmm. deal. Yeah, us too. You know, like that. I'm a big pecan pie fan. That's my favorite. Yeah. And so I make with my old family recipe, which is probably the same in 55 million households across the United mm -hmm. States. You know, I don't buy prefab dough. I make a, a, a lard crust dough or a, yeah, a, you know what mm -hmm. I'm talking about. Anyway, I do that. So we have that. And then I always bring one pie out for the people who don't like pecan or pumpkin. And that's usually a cherry crisp or an apple crisp mm -hmm. or, or something I'll, I'll find. 
find a new one, you know, and do that. And I'll have, so we usually have about three pies and then most of it goes home with people. Ah, yes. So I've, this is why you cook more food. Yeah. In, in my wife's Italian American family, we always cook every meal, no matter what it is, when there's a gathering, you always cook twice as much food as you need. Right. And you make sure you got a full roll of aluminum foil on hand. <laughs> right. Everybody goes home with a foil package. Yeah. The other thing that I've learned is I go to the dollar store. I know they're named different things in different parts of the country. I go to the dollar store, spend $5 by all these disposable Tupperware knockoffs. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and cause they come in like stacks of three or six or whatever. Yeah, They're cheap. They're cheap. I buy those. I actually have them over on the, what would normally be called somebody's credenza in my office and they're there. And then when people start going home, I just go over. Makes great sense. You know, put them that, send them home in a plastic bag with them and they're, they're gone and you mm -hmm. don't have that. But mm -hmm. what I was going to say is because I'm a hog, um, I will bake now a second secret pecan pie and keep it in the refrigerator outside so nobody sees it. <laughs> well, my wife and her niece are pie bakers. Um, I have fear of flour, uh, so I don't bake pies. But they make a wonderful crust, and they um, they get together. And uh, uh, her niece has uh, four kids. And then there's another niece who has three kids and they all come over and they run from toddler on up in age and it's pie day and they do it on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and they bake maybe six pies. Yep. Um, but for, for a normal Thanksgiving, we could have 25, 30 people together at sure. my brother-in-law's house. And, uh, uh, they're just wonderful. And of course, pumpkin pie is required. And uh, if they don't bake a pecan pie, I'm not coming. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, yep. uh, and then they, there's often an apple pie. And my wife has a recipe. And she don't, I have to nag her about this. She hasn't baked one in a while. But she has a recipe that uses sour cream in the filling. Oh, yeah. And what it, it, it's kind of like melted ice cream built in. Um, it's really wonderful. I absolutely love it. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you throw the turkey on the grill, and that leaves room for more pie. More pie. Okay, we're going to get out of here. We've got uh, Mark Graham coming up from Grilla Grills, like I said, in the second hour. And don't forget, you can go to Amazing Ribs. If you got a cooking question, Meathead will help you out. I won't because I'm not going to be near a computer, I guarantee you, on, on Thanksgiving this <laughs> so year. Um, and uh, stick around for after hours. I know Meathead is because we're going to have a lot of fun stuff with some weird Thanksgiving food. We thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back again with another edition of what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Barbecue nation. Take care, everybody. Barbecue nation is produced by JTSD LLC productions in association with envision networks and Salem media group. All rights reserved.